0: Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and we're going to start a little differently. Occasionally, we cover a topic, we stumble upon a topic that's important to both of us that really might not matter to people. We talked about right. the importance of Ryan Reynolds in the comedy pantheon. Yes, we did. We, we've, <laughs> yes, talked, we did. we've talked about the ending of Beverly Hills Cop. and yes. uh, In that great line, ...of random things to talk about. We want to talk a little bit about people from movies who are just around. They're yeah. there and you, you realize, huh, I like that person. Yeah. And it turns out they're in a lot of things you like. So, before we started recording, I pulled up three people who I think are my... I'm, I'm willing to leave a fourth Mount Rushmore spot open for somebody who I've forgotten... Maybe the guy who plays <laughs> Flatnose in uh, in Butch Cassidy, who's also in The Sting. I, I don't know. I'll, I, I'm leaving okay. that last one open. The guy, the guy from Happy Gilmore, who played uh, his old boss from the construction site, who was also Jaws in the James Bond movies. Ah,
1: uh, yes, yes, yes. You know, but the guy but, who you can count waiting for you in the parking lot.
0: Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. Richard Keel is his name. My, That's
1: right. That's right. Yes. But
0: yes. My, but my, two
1: thus far, Shooter.
0: My three that I that I have used to center this conversation are Chris Owen, Devlin yes. White, and Sarah Holcomb. Now, hearing those names, you may not, listener, dear listener, know who I'm talking about. Probably not. I think the best chance of hearing a, a name and knowing who it is is Chris Owen. He Probably was no. – Chuck Sherman in American Pie. Yes, he was. The he, was he was also in October Sky as one of the four people who shot off the rockets. He is in Van Wilder as the suicidal person on right. top of the building at the beginning. Right. He's in Can't Hardly Wait as the klepto kid.
1: Yes. He's in... One other one that I'm remembering. Younger Chris Owen.
0: Well, not She's All That. that no. Be Major uh, Payne. Oh, Major Pain? Yeah. Correct. He's in Major Pain. He's also in Black Sheep as one of the kids in the truck. That's
1: right. That's right. Yes, you're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that he was the one who has the speaking role, doesn't he?
0: Yeah. No. Nope. Uh, Could be true.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You know what I am, born and raised.
0: So that that one is probably the most likely. The one that for me is a personal favorite is Deborah White, and that's because the two bit roles that people would know him as, I think, are in the movie Blues Brothers when Ray Charles owns the music exchange and yeah. a kid comes in to steal a guitar and Ray Charles shoots him, and it's funny because we all know he's blind, but he shoots at the kid to scare him away. Right. Deborah White is that kid. And, and eight, I would not have remembered that. And eight years later... When John McClain gets picked up in a limousine from the airport, who's yes. the driver? Who is Argyle? It's Devereaux White.
1: I guess it's yeah. Okay. Wow. See that I would not have connected. So that is a, a great random one. That is uh, you know you just don't you don't remember. And there's there's probably others. I'm I'm sitting here as you're talking like going through my mind to think of you know a few others like this. And you, it has to be somebody who's really never been a star. In anything.
0: I got one. Uh, I got one that you'll love. Okay, Ethan Suppley.
1: Ah, Louie Elastic.
0: He's Louie Elastic. Uh, he's Willem in Mallrats. He's in Chasing in Amy. Yes, yes, that's a that's
1: a very good one. Yes, yeah, you're that's that's a that's an excellent one. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking, you know, like some that come to mind for very small roles, but then they went on like Seth Rogen's role in Anchorman, where he's in it
0: for like. 10 seconds, but you know,
1: he's gone on to be a star. So you can't really count him, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to walk through before we get to the person who is, I think for you and I, the favorite, but I'm going to walk through some of Ethan Suppley's things here. So we talked about a couple, but he's in Wolf of wall street.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. After he lost the weight.
0: Yeah. He, he was in my name is Earl as the brother it which, was. Which is I never nice that show. But it's nice because it was also Jason Lee. Jason so, Lee, yes. From so Mallrat. Uh, Kevin
1: Smith Universe, yeah. yeah.
0: He's in Clerks 2 as one of the guys buying weed.
1: That's right.
0: He's in Fanboys, which is an underrated movie. I don't think I ever saw that. It's uh Kevin Smith and uh, Jason Mewes actually have a, a small cameo in it. Okay. Okay. Um he's in John Q as one of the guards. Okay. One of the ones that I I think is just the bit partiest of all bit parts in entourage in the Queens Boulevard episode, there's a scene where it's pouring rain in the movie Queens Boulevard. And someone mm-hmm. says, are you ever coming back? That's him. He's the guy who asked Vinny chase. Are <laughs> yeah, you ever yeah, coming back? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I would never, have remember that, but yeah,
0: he's one of the people taking the tour of the campus in road trip.
1: He is. Yes.
0: He's in American. A, he's in American History X, which I haven't seen. Yeah, neither have I. Chasing Amy I and Mallrats.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's a good list. That's a very good list. Yeah, yeah. And of course, as I you know gave away right away, he's Louis Elastic. Yeah. And that I think is probably the hallmark of this. Like Chris Owen. Chris Owen is not really Chris Owen. He's the Shermanator. You mm-hmm. know him as a role. Uh, you know, you might know his name. But you might not. Very likely you know the character, though.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Remember the Titans feels like the kind of thing. Maybe Coach Yost could be one of these guys. Remember
1: the Titans has a lot of them, yeah. I mean, uh, for a couple things that we love, Julius Campbell slash Avon Barksdale. Yeah. Now, he doesn't have a long list. But now, he he was a big star in both of those things. We're probably talking a different category here. Yeah. But two pretty darn good roles. And then not much else, as far as we know, at least. I mean, things we've seen, I don't think. But, mm. but you know, that's a pretty good resume right there. You can stop there, and you've got two pretty solid roles.
0: I think someone else on that list from that movie, Donald Fazen, who, you know, yes. he's the running yes. back, but he's also Scrubs. But before yes. Remember the Titans, you may remember him from Clueless.
1: Clueless, yep, correct, correct. Yeah. And, of course... Go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, one thing about Clueless that you have to keep in mind is he played Murray and then five years later played an underclassman in high school again.
1: True. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has that young look. Uh, You know, I mean, that was uh, he's got that look that he could play younger. And I was going to say is another, you know, smaller role in that movie and the guy who's gone on to be the biggest star of anybody except for Denzel Washington. Is right. Ryan Gosling? Yeah, who would have who would have guessed at the time of that movie he'd go on to such big things?
0: Yeah, he was Alan.
1: That's right. That's right. Alan Bosley,
0: right? Alan Bosley, correct.
1: Yes. 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 So, yeah, that that movie's got a, a decent depth of character. And then what? Uh, Kate Bosworth was in that movie, right? Kate Has, Bosworth's uh,
0: in it. Hayden Panettiere's her in it.
1: Girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Nicole
0: yeah, I mean, Ari Parker's in it.
1: Right? Right? I mean, you know, like, Denzel was the star, and he's he's the star. Uh, but the other, like, bigger names, in the, like the guy who played Bert here, I've never seen him in anything else.
0: He played. I'm not going to remember the movie. Do, should I IMDB it? Should I just try to figure sure, it out? Sure, He He played a guy who was, like, a dumb brute, I remember. Yeah. In something. I don't
1: know. I mean, I may. It's hard
0: you know to remember, what it was? I hate to say it. It was late. The Lady Killers, that terrible Tom Hanks movie.
1: Oh, I never saw that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm thinking of the other, like, big, the big roles in that movie. Uh, the guy who played Rev. Mm-hmm. Never seen him in anything else. Uh, the guy who played Sunshine. I know he was in ER as a short-time guest star toward the later years, but he was that's in about that, all I know him from.
0: He was in that Showtime, Ray Donovan. He was in Ray Donovan. Oh, was he? Briefly. Was he? Okay, I never Not saw as a that. main guy, just as a yeah, side Yeah. You know,
1: but yeah, the the depth of characters in that movie a lot lot of big names that went on to be big names they weren't at the time.
0: Yeah, and then of course Coach Yost who has done a lot. Yes, you know, as as a secondary character, he's in Armageddon. He's in Gone in sixty seconds. I
1: know. Yeah, yeah, but to me, he's always Coach Yost. Yeah, for that movie, it takes a lot. And of course, this is another random off sports topic that we've discussed. If you were in Remember the Titans, it takes a lot for me not to think of you as in Remember the Titans. Yes. It takes a role a la Avon Barksdale for me to associate you with something else.
0: I'm going to read the cast list to you of Can't Hardly Wait because okay. it is a who's who of side characters and important like second yes. people. Yes. So Jennifer Love Hewitt is the main. Yeah, you know, Amanda you. Beckett, but Ethan Embry, finest. Ethan Embry. Who is yeah. the bass player in That Thing You Do. He's in this movie. He's in Empire Records. He's in Harold yeah. and Kumar as one of he Harold's is. terrible bosses.
1: He's, uh, he's a Rusty Griswold from Vegas Vacation.
0: Yeah. He's, so yeah. he's been in a lot. Charlie Corsmo, which this was like the role he took to come out of retirement briefly and then immediately went back in. But he was the kid right. in Hook. Right. Peter Fassinelli, who was married to Jenny Garth, which...
1: Mr. Jenny Garth for a period of time, that's right.
0: But Seth Green in it. Uh, you know, Sean Patrick Thomas, who went on to do a couple movies, he's in it. it you know, Sean
1: Patrick Thomas, was he the one in uh, Barbershop? Or am I thinking of someone else?
0: Sean Patrick Thomas was in Barbershop. He was Jimmy okay. James.
1: Okay, yes, yes, okay. That's what I thought. And he was in a movie with... Um, Julia Stiles, the name. Yeah.
0: The, the dancing movie, right?
1: Yes. Didn't we have to watch it at South point for something?
0: I feel like we did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, this is, this sounds like a cop out, but I would not have seen that movie if I wasn't forced to,
0: uh, other people in this movie, Jamie Presley plays one of the jocks, girlfriends, Chris Owen, as we talked about is in it. Yes. Jason yes. Siegel is in it. Who went oh, on to wow. do so many other things.
1: Did not know that.
0: Yeah. Um, Selma Blair is just somebody who gets hit on. Her character is girl Mike <laughs> hits on number one.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Then there's yeah, yes. You know. Then lot. there's yeah. uncredited people. Jenna Elfman's in it. She's uncredited. Melissa Joan yeah. Hart is in it uncredited. Breckin Meyer uncredited. Jerry O'Connell yeah. uncredited. You know. Breckin Meyer's a good one too. As you throw it out there. Breckin Meyer's been in everything.
1: Star of Road Trip, so maybe he's disqualified, but not really a star of anything else.
0: Well, he did Road Trip and Rat Race in the back-to-back Amy Smart Breckenmeyer yeah. vehicles, which, yes, you know, we yes. definitely were in need of right. too, because they.
1: And they, then he was either Franklin or Bash. I can't remember which one.
0: Uh he was Franklin. He was Jared Franklin. Okay. okay. But he was in a bunch of other stuff too. He was. Um, he was in Clueless as the skateboarder, stoner, who Brittany Murphy's character wound up with. Yeah. Travis. Um, I don't know. I just feel like he was around. But all of these people, pale in comparison to someone yeah. who only had four total IMDb credits. Yeah, And two of them are Caddyshack and Animal House. And that is Sarah Holcomb, who stopped yes. acting in 1980 – After Caddyshack and started acting in 1978
1: in Animal House. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Kind of like I said with, uh, you know, The Wire and and Remember the Titans. If you've got those on your resume, you really don't need a lot else.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You know, unclear, you know, rumors and whatnot of where she went, but... Right. And was probably in those two movies for a grand total of, what,
1: 20 minutes? If that. I mean, uh, one scene – I'm trying to think Animal House. Three scenes?
0: There's the scene the, at the no, – there's nothing for me today, thanks. And right, then there's the at the source, party. debut, the party. Oh, the football field when she goes to – The when football
1: he, field at night, the night yeah. before the parade, and then the parade. Yeah. Probably a total of less than five minutes of screen time, I'm thinking. Yeah. A little bit more in Caddyshack, but not a huge role. Yeah as Danny's on-again, off-again girlfriend.
0: Uh, So, I think she has the best two movies and the best ratio. But there are a lot of people who did a lot of stuff.
1: There are. There are, yeah. I mean, uh, this, you know, I I think you sold me on uh, Lou Elastic. Uh, He's cool
0: they deserve the title of this over the Shermanator really
1: it's possible
0: he's been in I think more stuff yeah they're both the other thing about them is they're both very recognizable
1: they are they are yeah I I, I mean now the Shermanator has got one role that people would associate him with if you're not a Remember the Titans fan and he's you know I mean I, I don't know how that exists Personally, but you must not have seen probably, it. <laughs> it's probably not as big of a cultural thing as American Pie. American Pie spawned, you know what? Three direct sequels, a number of other off-brand sequels, uh, and and really spawned. You know, Jason Biggs is Jim Levinstein. Sean William Scott is Stifler. You know, on and on and on. Like these people are just pretty much associated with who they played in those movies, uh, and. So, yeah, I don't know. Chris Owen is probably a little bit more known for Shermanator than anything, one
0: thing that Louie Lastick was in. I think that's probably true, which maybe that makes it so you're right, that it should be... I don't know. It's, it's a tough call. You know, I don't know. But it's. I think it was a good topic. I think it was one that we yes. needed to explore.
1: Yes. And well, as, as we discussed last time, Maybe on record, maybe off, I can't remember. It's summer, or at least it's not officially summer, but it's summer in the sports calendar. And so there's a little bit less to talk about. Basketball season is over, or at least college basketball season is over. Football season is, is uh, you know, spring practice is done. We're a good two and a half, three months before training camp starts for the NFL and fall camp starts. So, you know, we'll have more of these in the next two months, I'm assuming.
0: I would hope. Uh, but there is still some sports. There's there's playoffs in there the NBA. Is. There is. And in hockey, but eh, whatever. Yeah, uh, Game
1: 7 tonight in hockey. They had a better, uh, a more competitive second round in the NBA. The NBA was pretty, uh, you know, after a really exciting first round, the second round was, you know, good games, but not a lot of drama in the outcomes of any of the series.
0: Yeah, fair. Um well let's talk about the NBA. We we get Warriors Rockets. We do. And,
1: what what uh, the whole season pointed toward really. I mean, you know, the the Rockets were the team that, that challenged them right away when the season began and ended up with a you know, better record by what, 8-10 games, something like that. So um yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to see if they can measure up in uh, you know, direct contrast with the healthy Warriors team.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that James Harden, just that's my answer. James Harden. Is, it's the only thing that matters. <laughs> well, it's, uh,
1: it's a big series for him and for Chris Ball and for Mike D'Antoni because uh, although I, it, it kind of it still upsets me a little bit that people forget that James Harden did go to the finals with Oklahoma City. I realize he wasn't the best player on the team. But he was really good in that series, and, and I should know because they beat the Spurs to get there. And uh, James Harden was a difference maker in that series with you know some of the things he did. Um, but you know the feeling is he's never led a team to the finals. Chris Paul's never been this far before. Mike D'Antoni has never been to the finals as a head coach. Um, and so the the feeling is they've all got the monkey on their back to try to get over, it and and having to beat Golden State is makes it even tougher.
0: I I think they'll do it. I'm going out there. I hope so. uh, I'm going out on a limb. I'm saying they do it. They they pull it off in six. They take them out. They go into Oracle in in Game Six and uh, win in Oracle. That'd be
1: nice. That would be nice. Uh, I have a hard time believing. I guess even though they did have a better record, you know, it just kind of felt like at times Golden State coasted through the season. They had a lot of injuries. You know, Curry missed over 30 games, I think. Uh, Durant missed time. Thompson missed time. You know, they they were rarely, it seemed like, fully healthy after January. Um, and, and so now they are. And so you feel like, well, even though the record says Houston was, you know, a good amount better than them, it's hard believing that they really are. But I, I hope that you're right.
0: I I think uh, I, I think I'm probably wrong, but... My, my <laughs> okay. fandom and my love of James Harden.
1: Well, yeah, I'd love to see it. I mean, it, it, uh, it is a chance for him and Paul to, you know, have a, a legacy identifying type of series. I mean, if you can beat the team that everybody has claimed as the favorite all year with all the other drama in the NBA and all the – and it's been an exciting season, it really has. But all along it felt like it was still pointed toward Gold State winning another title. And so if the Rockets can beat him, then, you know, it's, it's the type of moment that lifts you to another level. Again, we were talking about this with Harden not long ago. You know, if you're going, I mean, he's, he's a great player. He's a Hall of Fame player. But is he a Hall of Fame player or is he, uh, you know, top 20 to 25 player of all time? That's where he's now trying to get to in that sort of category. And you got to do it in the playoffs to get in that level.
0: Yeah, I think that I think this is going to be a critical series for their legacies. I I don't know how many times Paul can go back to the well, although yeah, since everyone said that about Le, you know, about LeBron on the true, other side and true. he keeps going back to the well just fine. He keeps
1: going. Yeah, he does. I mean, and, and you know, the the uh, conference final hump is now, you know, finally cleared for Chris Paul. Uh, in, within a span of, what, about 25, 26 hours, we saw Chris Paul and Alex Ovechkin get out of the second round. First time ever for both. So, you know, anytime they say you can never do it, there's inspiration. They can do it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, I think, you know, it's hard to see anybody beat Gold State 4 out of 7. But if anybody can, you know, and, and obviously at the teams that are left, there's only three possibilities, but... Even before the playoffs started, I think you know you felt like Houston's got the best chance because they can play their style, they can shoot just as well as they can. They've got two big time players, you know, uh, likely MVP this year, another guy who's been a, you know perennial MVP contender. Uh, you know, if they can't do it, probably nobody can.
0: I'm hoping that it's the Celtics and the Rockets. I don't know if well, I, I expect that.
1: But. Yeah, I'm hoping for Cavs Rockets. Um, that would be really fun to watch from you know from my standpoint because of my uh, you know obvious fan interest in James Harden and LeBron. Always been a LeBron guy. Um, but I was I was really hoping for Cavs and Sixers. Uh, that would have been a fun series. But uh, as I texted you last night, the Sixers looked every bit the young team that they were in this series because it was a. There were a number of games that were toss ups, game three, game five, especially that they had leads late and couldn't finish, and that's the that's the difference sometimes in your first time doing it. And and you know, they they took their lumps and should be more prepared for it next year.
0: All of the talk about Brett Brown should be fired or oh, that's insane. Right? Crazy. We all we all know uh, that's insane.
1: insane. Utterly insane. I mean we we uh, I know it's a product of the culture we have nowadays, with you know hot takes and immediate reactions. But like this is the way it is in the NBA. You don't win your first time going through. You just don't. I mean and the only the only example you could say of a, of a great player who won his first time in the playoffs was Magic, and he had Kareem, who went in you know having a decade's worth of experience on that team, you know, or or in the league. He'd been a multiple MVP. He'd won a title before. So, you know, the notion of, well, Magic did it. Well, first of all, that was 38 years ago. Secondly, he didn't do it on his own. Yeah. Kareem was hurt in the final game and Magic's performance there in that game in Philly was like the stuff of legend, but you know, they got there in large part because of Kareem and other players. Look at everybody else. I mean, Jordan struggled, LeBron struggled, Kobe and Shaq struggled uh you know it just that's how it goes that thunder team the thunder yeah yeah i mean and look this does not mean the sixers are guaranteed to win titles because the thunder are a great example they you know they knocked on the door a couple times they got to one finals they you know had a couple more chances after that even after harden got traded and they never got there and now they seem pretty far away from getting there um, so I'm not saying they're guaranteed, but but let's exercise just a little bit of, of perspective here. Realize that this is a team that was built around two guys who had never been in the playoffs before. And combined, going into this season, had about 30 or 35 games played total.
0: So On a, on a team you know, that was the number right, three pick in the draft right, when exactly, the lottery yeah. ended last year? I know they traded yeah, up to one, yeah. but...
1: Had not, had not you know, won more than 30 games in, what, five, six years. They won 50-plus. They won a playoff series. And they ran into a team that has a coach who's been there before and a few players who've been there before. Yes, it's a, I mean, the Celtics are young, but Al Horford's been in the playoffs a ton with the Hawks, with the Celtics in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience. Uh, you know, Marcus Smart's been in the playoffs before. I mean, they've got some guys who've been there and done that, and they have a coach who's been there and done that. The Sixers don't, and and it showed. You know, that's that's the difference um, in you know late game execution. But yeah, the idea that that you know they need to go out and get a new, who are you going to get that's better. Um, I mean, the guy did a heck of a job. He's, he's you know I could make a pretty good argument he should be the coach of the year this year. So it's utterly ridiculous to suggest that, you know, he should be fired. Now, if next year and the year after they continue to make the same mistakes they made this year in the playoffs, we might have that conversation. But let's let him get better, too. Because very few coaches have won their first time through. That, you know, just that doesn't happen very often. More often than not, they have to make their mistakes and learn from them as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and tell me the time when it was a new coach and such a young team. Because you could make the argument like. Well, Ty Lue did it. Well, Ty sure. Drew Ty did, Lue had sure. LeBron, who was he in his LeBron. what sixth final <laughs> uh, You know, Pat Riley took over the the Lakers and
1: they won in his first year, but they had Magic and Kareem. You know, but Phil Jackson, you know, has, has got the most rings of anybody. He didn't win right away. They they took some lumps. Uh, Greg Popovich has five rings. He didn't win his first year, and they won his second year. But then they took some lumps after that. Before they really, I mean. The 03 through 07 run was really their best run. Uh, 99, they took advantage of a, a watered-down league, really. Um, you know, and they were the best team in it by far. Uh, you know, but, yeah, I mean, coaches are coaches are human beings, too, and they got to learn. And I'm sure, you know, the end of Game 3, for example, you know, Brett Brown didn't call a timeout, and they end up throwing the ball away, and that's probably one he'd probably like to have back. And next time around, he might do it differently.
0: Mm-hmm. You learn.
1: You do. You do. And, and, you know, yeah, Brett Brown was an assistant for the Spurs. It's different running your own shop. You know, yes, he has been there and done that as an assistant, but he hasn't been responsible for deciding when to call timeout with 20 seconds on the clock at a tie game. Mm-hmm. Now he is. And he decided not to, and it blew up in his face. And, you know, you, you learn from those mistakes.
0: Yeah, I mean, part of it is you might think, well, I know what I would do when faced with that situation. Right. And now he was faced with it. He sure. did what he would have planned to do, and it yeah, didn't work.
1: And it didn't work. And, <laughs> and look, sometimes it does. I mean, that's the thing about coaching. You know, Brad Stevens is getting a lot of love, and, and deservedly so. He's a really good coach. But there are times at the end of those games, game three and game five, he called timeouts where a lot of times you'd say, Boy, don't call timeout there. You're over coaching. But because it worked, we're saying, Man, that guy's a genius. You know, now I would say in the moment, watching the end of game three, as soon as Ben Simmons looked at the bench, they came up the court, tie game. And with, you know, 17, 18 seconds, Ben Simmons looks over at the bench with the ball in his hands. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Brent Brown should have called a timeout. Uh, You know, I think he should have realized, like, this is not going well. Um, But sometimes, you know, we watch, we see in college all the time, let your team play. You know they don't always need to be told what to do. Now the Sixers in that situation probably did. It's it's you coach by feel. He he gambled not to call it and it didn't work.
0: Yeah. But he he and they will grow together.
1: They will. They and... will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, that does not mean they're guaranteed to win titles together because we've seen it with the Thunder. We've seen it with the Kings of the early two thousands. The Blazers of the early '90s—these teams that were positioned to win a bunch of titles or win some—and they didn't. Um, but you know, we also got to be a little bit patient. Just because they didn't win this year does not mean they need to do something radical. Let it, let it develop, let it grow, and and give them time to continue to get better.
0: Yeah. Are you good? Can we? Should we switch to ASU?
1: Yes, let's switch to ASU.
0: Two feature stories came out uh, very close together. One, the USA Today feature on Herm Edwards. The other, an Arizona Republic Q&A with Bobby Hurley. Let's, yep. let's start with Herm. Um, he is aware that we're the devils. He, <laughs> he knows that. Yes, he is. And, yeah. and not only does he know that, he wants more prominent devil imagery and right. less pitchfork slash right. candle imagery yeah
1: yeah yeah uh yeah which of course will will appeal to the older fans the you know the fans who've who've been going to games for decades and and you know remember the frank kush days and you know the glory days of of, uh danny white and you know they'll love that um so it's you know even if he doesn't really believe it, it's a smart pr move to say that
0: well, and then um, they just brought in a guy, Cush's uh, defensive coordinator, to, to do I'll a value. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, as we've discussed many times, it is, I mean, and that, the story that came out basically made this point that, you know, there's a lot of people that are questioning this uh, or doing more than questioning it, um, but, you know, it's it's an experiment, and you know, the story, I thought it was a, a relatively balanced story. It wasn't It wasn't written like a PR piece for Herm Edwards, but it wasn't written as a, oh boy, this is really stupid and what are they doing here? You know, I went inside to find out. I mean, it, it made the point of like some of the things that we're doing are things that are done other places. Um, so, it's, you know, I think it even said this new leadership model really isn't that new. It's, it's the way things are done in other places and maybe we needed to catch up.
0: Yeah, it, it certainly gave a balanced assessment, I felt, back and forth. Yeah, I, the one yeah. thing I think it did was it defended that – or it gave her a, a vehicle nationally to defend his lack of knowledge or the yes. accusations of lack of knowledge. So right, I, I, right, I'm not right. a big proponent in the I coached America Argument
1: that he <laughs> no, made about no, working at a no, ESPN? neither am I. Uh, yeah, I mean he he has a knack for saying things that you know, and I think it's just going to continue. That you see, you think, you know, probably could have gone without saying that. Um, yeah, being out of coaching for a decade is being out of coaching for a decade because you were on TV. That's not the same. Doesn't mean you can't do well at this job, but it's not the same.
0: I also. Look, I I recognize, and you know full well, the revisionist history of coaches. But (laughs) but to suggest that he was just waiting for the right job to come along, and it took a decade, (laughs) is...
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, look, um, I don't necessarily believe... That and I know he said this before. You know, I've had offers in the past few years. I I don't I don't believe that Um, has someone talked to him that said, you know, "Ah, you ever think about coming back to coach? Yeah, sometimes that's not a job offer. You know, I mean that's that's casual conversation, and and you know, people can interpret it any way they want. Um, This is the job that he could have come back for right or wrong, you know, Ray Anderson knew him and, and I believe, you know, had him in mind before he fired Todd Graham and that's okay. You know, I mean, that's, that's Ray Anderson's prerogative. He's in charge of making the hiring decision. He knew where he wanted to go. So he went there, um, you know, and it's all going to be dictated on if it's, if it's a success, you and I and a lot of other people are going to have to eat some crow. Um, no pun intended there. Uh, you know, because we questioned it. A lot of other people did more than just question it. They ripped it to shreds. But if it's a success, Ray Anderson will be the one to stand up there and say, I told you so. And I, I hope he can.
0: The one thing that the article did that I liked was at the end it reminded everyone nationally and ASU fans locally that the acceptable outcome is not bowl eligibility.
1: No, no, yeah, no. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, that's what we had. You know, Todd Graham took us to what? Five bulls in six years. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what we had. I mean, Dirk Cutter got to four in six years. Uh, so we've had coaches do that. And, and nowadays, especially where all it takes is winning six games and you can, you can soft pedal your non-conference schedule to get three wins you don't reach full eligibility that's a problem so no that's not enough and you know i mean now am i saying they got to get to the college football playoff this year that would be a a ridiculous bar to set but you know does it does it need to be i mean as he said in that article do you need to become a program like stanford where every year you are going in you you're a top 15 top 10 caliber team you contend for the conference title you got a chance at the playoffs yeah that that's the bar that was set here
0: absolutely do you
1: and that's doable I mean I really think it is Stanford is not Alabama it's not Ohio State we're not trying we're not saying you know we should we should be in the playoffs four years in a row that's probably not realistic but if Stanford could do it why can't we
0: I, what Stanford does is every year they are in contention in the Pac yeah. twelve. Yeah. And and that is for, enough to go to a New Year's Day bowl. It
1: is. I mean and, for what? Almost a decade now. They they have you know, with, with a you know, last year was a quote unquote down year for them. They lost four games, they went to the Pac twelve title game, they went to the Alamo Bowl. Nothing special given what they've done, but still a pretty darn good year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they've, they've won several Pac-12 titles. They've been to the Orange Bowl. They've been to the Rose Bowl. They were real close to making the playoff three or four years ago, just just barely missed out. Um, you know, so they've, they've had opportunities. Uh, and that's, I think, got to be the goal is to be that type of program that, you know, are we going to be preseason top five every year? No. I, again, there's a select few programs that can claim that territory. But I think we could beat that, and I I like I like that goal. I think it's a realistic goal, but it's still a tough one to accomplish. It's not going to be easy by any means.
0: Yeah, it's an honest bar to set. Yeah, if you achieve it, you've done something.
1: Yeah, yeah. But that's I mean that is got to be the type of bar because you know Ray Anderson said, "Hey, finishing you know middle of the pack in the Pac-12 isn't good enough," and I agree with him. It's not. And and so you know, that's where we've been for the most part. We you know, twenty thirteen we got to the Pac twelve title game. That was five seasons ago now, you know. Uh, fourteen we were close. But the last three years we've been average, the definition of average, five hundred for over the course of those three years. Um and, and you know, I have had no problem, still have no problem, but now you gotta back it up and I believe that's how the article ended, which is basically, you know, what, what was how it started and how it ended. Good Dave Cosgrove, you know, starts your story and end your story in similar fashion. Uh, you know, uh, words and actions. Well, we've, we've had the words part. We're still in the words part. But the actions part starts in September. And that's where we'll know if this is a success.
0: You brought up Cos. Let's digress into our text yes. exchange a little bit. <laughs> the, the modern media landscape, which is rife with problems, we yeah. don't have to get into what's going on at the Denver Post and sure, all of sure. the things like that, but it, suffice it to say, it's a hard time to be a reporter now, it is. And, and the creation of content has become, in a lot of ways, dumbed down. And I, yes. I, the point of a newspaper article is to take complex or unknown information and make it digestible and understandable to yes. the, the majority of people. And what the Arizona Republic's website, AZ Central, did today mm-hmm. was take the Herm Edwards profile, yes. which is cut up into bite-sized pieces for everyone to be able to handle, yeah. and they took that and they treated you like a baby bird. They chewed it up yes. for you and gave you a bullet point yes. Cliff Notes article of what the article was talking about <laughs> so that yeah. if you couldn't read the, I don't know, one-page printed-out-sized right, article, right. don't worry. We'll give you we'll tell six you about bullet it. points of what and, it was and about. And again,
1: and then take a piece of it and turn it into the headline, which is, you know, Herb Edwards wants Sparky to come back, and and, and it's just nothing but clickbait. You know, and it probably works because, again, you know, the old school ASU fans like I'm "Oh, that's great! I love that when Herb says that." Um, and, and I mean, they weren't lying. So many times nowadays, that's what you see is you know, you put something in a headline, maybe not a direct lie, but it but it's it's misleading at the very least. You know, you put that in, uh you know, do the you know, Celtics may trade Jason Tatum? Question mark. And then it turns into, uh, the Celtics may have opportunities to trade Tatum, but there's no chance they'll do that. Like, well, that's not what you said in the headline, uh, you know. Um, But yeah, that's, that's what we get nowadays. A lot of times, AZ Central is filled with them. They take somebody else's story and make a story out of it. They're not really doing any reporting. They're basically just regurgitating other people's reporting.
0: I know that's part of the Gannett model now is, it you is. Know, they're national it is. writers. So the Journal Sentinel here has paired up with the Green Bay Press-Gazette's Packers yeah. News. So you get Packers stories that are you know only now from two guys as opposed to four. Because yeah,
1: they which just, I don't so much like – I mean if A.C. Central wants to take the story that USA Today wrote and post it, and say, you know, written by so-and-so, okay, you know, because people, there are people, I'm one, honestly, I would not have seen that story except for the fact that Doug Haller retweeted it. Um, I don't go to USA Today Sports to Read. I go to AZ Central. So if you want to take that, that's that's fair game, and I get it. They're they're owned by the same company. But it drives me crazy. I mean, and, and, and some people, you know, some places are good, to do, but, you know, it's sort of, I think it was the model that kind of, I don't know if they started it but Pro Football Talk does it does it well a lot of times but not well others. They basically just take other people's stories and conglomerate them into one place. They don't do a lot of reporting themselves. And it's one thing for Pro Football Talk to do it that's what they are but Easy Central's supposed to be a newspaper. That's not really journalism. It's it's just taking somebody else's work. I mean Dave Cosgrove would probably call it plagiarism.
0: It's a book report. Extreme, at, at best, it, it's a book report. It's, yes, here's, yes. What, here's what this is about. Here's what this yes. other person said. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Read this story, and he said this. I'm like, well, why can't I just read that story then? Uh, you know, like, um, but that's me. You know, uh, people, people digest their news, and I, and I do it too, to an extent. I think everybody does. In smaller bits nowadays, and, and, you know, I'll see a Herm Edwards story. I did. And I want to read the whole thing. But about a lot of things, honestly, I don't. You know, I mean, you, you read something and you think, I don't really want to spend 15 minutes on this. Can you tell me the same thing in two? Okay, I'll read it in two. I, you know, so I'm guilty of it to an extent, too. Now, in this case, I wasn't, but I suppose we all do it nowadays.
0: The other story that was there, that we both read, yes. I think, is a and a with Bobby Hurley about yep. turning the program around, and, and I, he had an interesting take about Sam Cunliffe at the beginning, which uh-huh. was, look, getting in that conversation got us in the door to talk to other top 40 players, Uh
1: huh. Uh-huh.
0: absolutely it did. It did. It did. I will say, before we go further,
1: do you notice how he worded that? I'm disappointed it didn't stay the course. I thought that was that was very. He wasn't critical of the kid at all. He didn't say I'm disappointed. He quit on us. He didn't say I'm disappointed. He gave up. I I found that to be you know sort of genius wording in some ways. Like you know I'm disappointed it didn't stay the course. Like yeah, it just didn't work. Uh, You know, I thought it was shrewd.
0: Well, in a time where he admitted that he's going to rely on recruiting transfers and sure things like that you have to be open to the idea that it could happen to sure
1: you. sure sure yeah yeah i mean it, it's a it was a, a swing and a miss for him i mean uh, you know he because it was interesting how he put it that way that you know yeah this this kind of started the process didn't work that particular one but maybe it it got us you know onto the the brains of other people who it has worked Uh, you know, you gotta, gotta get your foot in that door somehow, I guess.
0: Overlooked. I felt like in the article or glossed over is beyond Cunliffe That was also Jethro's class. It
1: was, it was. And there was
0: no Jethro either.
1: It was the class that a year ago, um, you and I were saying, and I think deservedly like, okay, what is this class? Like, Romello White hadn't played, Schiebel hadn't played, Two guys that already left, uh, you know, and then and then the last guy, and his name escapes me, uh, Vila, Ramon Vila, he left too, and like, where's the contribution from this class? Now, it looks a little bit better, because White had a pretty good first year, and hopefully will continue to get better, um, but yeah, it, it was a class that, uh, you know, at the very least, at the very best, is going to be a mixed bag, because the top two guys from that class barely played for us at all before leaving.
0: Mm-hmm. But it was the class that opened the idea that, hey, we can have a top 25 recruiting class. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, and and now what's going to be interesting, uh, and, and they started to last year. I'm not saying it's, you know, but now the Trey Holder and Cody Justice, to a lesser extent, Shannon Evans, because he did bring him in, but he didn't recruit Holder and Justice. He inherited him, did a really good job with him. Now it's totally his team. This is year four. There's nobody left from the Herb years. And, and, you know, that team was very reliant on those three guards last year. Now they're gone. So now it's got to start to, you know, come into, come into form that these recruiting classes, these recruiting successes on the computer start to produce results. I think they will. I'm not saying that, you know, cynically. But, you know, this year and, and going forwards, would we really get to see that?
0: The one thing that I think you will see, though, as it is becoming more and more, and now is fully his guys. A lot of length, a lot of yes. athleticism. Um, yes,
1: yes. You know, I expect to be a much bigger team than we were this past year. You know, and and I know I don't know if you listened to Haller and Metcalf their last podcast, which was mostly football, but kind of veered into basketball at the end. Haller made that point. Like, you know, last year, this, the, you know, they played the three guards. Sometimes they played four with Remy Martin. They were outsized a lot. That should not be the case next year.
0: Yeah. Well, between Mitchell, you know, like, so Lake and White, let's say they're rotating in and out at yeah. a time. Between Cheatham, Mitchell, Sherry, Lawrence. Gort, Lawrence, and yeah. Rob Edwards, and you got, all those guys are 6'4 or taller. Right. And and then Remy Martin's not. Remy Martin's only, I think, 6'2". He's a...
1: Yeah, he... I mean, 6'2", maybe. They might list him at 6'2". He's probably more like 6 feet. Um, You know, but that's okay. I mean, I'm not saying you can't have anybody. But we sometimes, you know, we didn't physically look the part out there a lot of times last year. You know, we ran into teams that were bigger, stronger, faster, bigger primarily. Don't think that should happen as much this year, which I, I like. I mean, we we had to, you know, deal with the cards we were dealt last year and that's what we were. We were a small guard oriented team. We don't have to continue to be that and that's okay.
0: I think that what Martin can do is a lot of what you saw last year. They're going to put him at the yeah. top of the key. They're going to have him pick up the primary ball handler full Bam. court if they, you know. And he can just be a pest in in the best yes. way. In the, in the best sense of the word, as an ASU. Yes,
1: yes. And, and and I do think he should be, and he was last year. And I have high hopes for him. I really do. I think he can he can blossom into an all-conference type of player. From what I saw last year, it's, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but I think he can have a career trajectory like Trey Holder, whereby his senior year, he's one of the top players in the conference. Um, and, and hopefully he will continue on that path. I hope Ravel White continues to get better. Certainly, I'm really anxious for Kamani Lawrence this year. I just think his whole freshman year was sort of an asterisk because of the injury. I'm really anxious to see what he can do. And then all these new guys. I mean, we've got some really good talent coming in as well uh, with the transfers and the recruits. Top 10 recruiting class in the country, apparently. Yeah, that's rare air for us. So, And that doesn't even factor in the two transfers that set out last year. So... You know, it's it's an exciting group. It'll be interesting how we replace the three guys we lost because they were a huge part of what we did. But I think there's plenty of options there to do it.
0: I think this is a team that's going to look a lot less reliant on the three ball and a lot more reliant on slashing and getting to the basket.
1: Well, and and, yeah, I mean, Haller even made that point in, in that podcast that, like, that may be the weakness of this team. Is its outside shooting? It doesn't seem like a team that's got a lot of great outside shooters right now. And we'll see what some of these guys are. But, but yeah, I, I agree with you completely.
0: There's a good mix, also. I think with this recruiting class, because there's a there's a sense, at least, that Dort is a college player. He, he's yes. not, He looks great for a college player, but maybe not necessarily expected to jump to the NBA. Certainly not early. Right. Uh, after one, you know, one and done. But you also have the the last guy they got, uh, the Serbian center, Klavasek. Right. I
1: think. sure, You're I'm right. not sure how it's pronounced. But yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: He, you know, he's a project, but that's okay because, yeah, you know, we just listed off. You're, you got Lake and White back, and and mm-hmm. presumably they will anchor the center position while this kid learns. Mm-hmm. And. You know, White's gonna White's gonna have more eligibility. Lake, uh-huh. Lake too. You know, we're not losing. Oh no, yeah. And yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean it's it's. Uh, I mean, how many guys will be seniors next year of this group? Uh, I, Cheatham. I don't even <laughs> cheat him. is is Lake a senior or was he a sophomore? I know he was a JUCO kid. I so thought, was he I a thought, junior I or sophomore?
0: He or? Was only a sophomore and White I was a so freshman. So I, yeah, I thought yeah. they're both back.
1: And Mitchell, I think, was only a sophomore last year, right? So he should, he's should he got two years left.
0: Mitchell was a sophomore. Lawrence has three years. Rob Edwards um, will be a junior coming in.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a its a group that you would hope to keep relatively together for more than one year, mm-hmm. which is really where you start to get, again, I mean, and look, I, I know this is a team that's won two of the last three national titles, so I'm not, by comparing this, I'm not saying we should be as good as this team. But that's one of the things... We talked about about Villanova when they won was how they kept guys together. They didn't have these mass exoduses. Now they might have this year. We'll see how the draft shakes out. Guys, you know, pull pull out of the draft or whatever. But but they haven't had that. You know, they they have maybe two or three guys to leave, and then there's another three or four that were there playing, starting, coming off the bench last year. They just step right in. That's you know, I'd like to build that kind of program. Realistically, that's what we can build again. Like football, we're not going to be Duke. We're not getting five five-star guys to come in and, you know, it's just not. But you don't have to have that to win national titles. Villanova's a great example. Like, you know, it it helps, but it doesn't always. I mean, Duke won the national title with a mostly freshman team. So did Kentucky. They've won one each. The rest of the champions the last 10 years have not really been that style of team.
0: Yeah. And it's a way to build sustainable success. Yes.
1: And, and if you yes. can
0: add if you can add one of those guys, you know, where you have a, a person, maybe not even that's a one-and-done, but I look at the, the back-to-back Final Four teams Wisconsin had where uh-huh. you have a lot of guys who are four-year guys, and then you've right. got guys who are borderline, and one guy who, you know, Sam Decker and Kaminsky right. were both lottery picks, but Kaminsky stayed all four years, and, right. and Decker – Stayed three. It was there
1: two or three, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you, you want guys? You want to have players good enough. I mean, Villanova. Villanova. You know, Jalen Brunson's leaving early. Mikael Bridges is leaving early, but they're not leaving after one year. Like, they're leaving after their junior year. There's, you know, redshirt. I think Bridges had to redshirt a year because of injury. Um, you know, something like that. That's different. You you want guys who are good enough to leave early because that means you got good players. You don't want a whole bunch of four-year guys. But, you know, you you want guys that you can keep for three years maybe, Mm -hmm. um, you know, before they leave early rather than, uh, you know, guys who are just, you know, one year and done. Again, it can work. It has worked. I don't want to be reactionary and say, ah, this doesn't work. We've seen it work. But it's – it's not easy, you know. I mean, was Duke more talented than Villanova last year? I'd say probably yes, but they were extremely young, and that youth ended up, you know, costing them. In the, I mean, not not completely, but I mean, having four freshmen in your starting lineup, it's tough to win that way. Can be done, but it it's not easy.
0: Yeah, and and if you have one of those guys, you know, sure. you you don't. I, look, I'm not saying no. If if DeAndre Ayton had you oh, know, sure. committed to yeah. Arizona State. It's yes. like, yeah, no, you're, yeah, we'll figure it out. But
1: I mean, if we had gotten Marvin Bagley, I'd have said, yeah, I'll, I'll deal with those problems. Uh, you know, and, 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 you know, Duke have lost their entire starting lineup. And then they're bringing in five, five-star kids this year. The number, you know, one, two, and three recruits in the country. Um, but it's, you know, does that mean they're guaranteed to win the title? It doesn't. It means they're going to be fun to watch. But, um, you know, the teams that have, they've also had veterans. You know, when Duke won the title with Okafor, Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow, and some veteran guys too. When Kentucky won with Anthony Davis, they had you know Terrence Jones who was a junior, Darius Miller who was a senior. Like, yeah, their best players were freshmen superstars, but it wasn't all they had, you know. And 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 so I mean, again, that's not an area we can even get into. That's okay. And I'm not even talking about my meat book. Everybody's goal is to win the national title realistically our goal should be be a sweet 16 caliber team and if you can be you've got a chance to win a national title if you can make it that far all you gotta do is win four more yeah, games just I mean, you're, in Loyola. The, you're in the top yeah exactly yeah yeah you know look at south carolina last year um you know i mean if if you can get into that territory you'll have your chances you'll get a good matchup and maybe you can get to the elite eight maybe you can get to the final four and then you know who knows are we going to be an every year Final Four contender? No. Very few teams are. Very, very, very few. But, but you know, can we be a, an every year team that has a chance to get to the Sweet 16? I think so. Why not? Again, it's sort of like football. I'm not, I'm not asking to be Alabama. I'm not asking to be Kentucky. I'm just asking to be Purdue. You know, a team like that, that, that every year is kind of there. They're, they're not always great. In fact, maybe they're rarely great, but they're always there. You always got to take them seriously.
0: Yeah. I, I, I team If ASU could get to the point where we are consistently somewhere between 11 and, and 30 in the country yeah. every year,
1: be, a, be an annual tournament caliber team with you, certainly you're going to have ebbs and flows. I mean, that's college sports, you, you, you know, unless you're Alabama football or something like that you have periods of time where, you know, you're a little bit younger, you have guys leave you didn't expect, guy gets injured, whatever. Um, but, you know, where your where you're down season is getting in the tournament and losing in the first weekend,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that'd be nice.
0: Like, yeah, uh, you dang, know, just when an 8-9 game is...
1: Yeah, you know, disappointing. Yeah. You know, like, ah, uh, and we got in the tournament. I mean, again, like Stanford football, when your down season is the Alamo Bowl, that's not so bad.
0: I think that Hurley's the right guy. We are, by the way, I believe, 20 days away from his uh, buyout going up. So ah, if Coach okay. K can stay at Duke for another 20 days.
1: <laughs> I think he's got, a, he's got a ha- I mean, again, as much as I say I'm not sure if it will lead to a national title. He's got a heck of a group coming in. Uh, I don't think he's leaving before that. Fair enough. Unless uh, less health issues come in, I guess, with him, you never know. But uh, that's that's going to be a fun team to watch next year. They'll they'll be fascinating. It'll, uh, can't, can't have more talent coming in, but very little coming back from last year. So, total fresh start.
0: It will be a fun season. Luckily, there's a whole lot of sports between here and there for us there to is, talk about. There
1: is, yes. we got to... We gotta crown NBA and Stanley Cup champions. We gotta start the football season. We gotta, you know, crown a World Series champion pretty much before college basketball starts, I guess. And we're just in the infancy of that season.
0: So we'll be here to take you through all of it. Until next time. He's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt SportsCast. And this one, it's dedicated to the Shermanator.